3-2-3. Now it's time to play Which Host Did This? Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, or Bobby Rossi? This host used to play competitive chess. Who is it? Time's up. The correct answer is Jenna Barr. Get to know our local hosts by listening to News Radio 92.3. 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Good morning, 810 here on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. And uh, earlier this morning, we had a really, honestly, kind of a terrifying, but very interesting and educational discussion with Christian Wagley, who is a, uh, uh, he works for um, uh, Healthy Golf, and uh, he is a coastal activist for them, and uh, just a really good friend of the station, good friend of me personally, and uh, wanted to talk to him about the oyster uh, farming problems here in the bays. So uh, this is from earlier this morning, but I wanted you to hear it because it was so interesting. Christian, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning. It's always great to be here. Oh, man, good to have you. I appreciate you taking some time out. I know you're super busy these days. So uh, first thing is I want to talk with you about is the restriction or proposed restriction on the areas in Escambia, Pensacola, and East Bay where the water is adequate for us to have oyster uh, farms. And uh, I think there was a, even a meeting about this just yesterday. So let's talk a little bit about this for people who just for, for people who might not be familiar with what's been happening with water quality and how it affects the oyster farming. Can you maybe give them, and I know it's a lot of material, but can you maybe just give them the 30-second kind of, here's what's been happening and here's why this matters? Yeah, sure thing. So um, there are areas of our bays that are approved for oyster harvest, and fortunately the state, the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, regularly tests those areas for the presence of bacteria that can come from either human sources or potentially from animals, birds, uh, other mammals. Um, and if those, those bacteria are there in higher numbers, it can indicate there could be diseases there that could make people sick if they eat those oysters. So it's very much protecting the public's health. And unfortunately, the trends have been in a very negative direction on that, and they're having to expand the areas of the bay that are closed to oyster harvest. So now the areas that we can draw oysters from, both for aquaculture and for, you know, for the farms and the wild harvest, has been shrunken down now. And that, that has just been made final in, in the last couple of weeks. And there was a huge meeting yesterday, about 60 people in the room coming together over in Milton to try to talk about finding the cause of this and finding solutions. Great. No, thanks so much. And so what we really have is this question of, you know, where is it allowable? Where is it safe? Because, as you say, we can't have, you know, we already know there's built in risks of eating raw oysters, for example. But, you know, we want to reduce those risks as much as we can. One question, you gave a really good presentation on this to the city of Milton uh, back in November, the presentation for which I had you send me. And I appreciate that. When I'm looking at it, there one of the maps on here shows where oyster farming is happening. And there were two locations that I knew of that I don't see on the map, and so I'm just kind of curious about that. One is right off of Scenic by the High Rise, the the one oyster fishery there, and then the one like at the south end of the Garson Point Bridge. I don't see those represented. I do see a lot of them shown on East Escambia Bay uh, on the sort of west side of the Garson Peninsula and then kind of scattered all over East Bay, particularly uh, up in the uh, toward the very end of it at the north end of like the, you know, Holly area kind of vicinity. But um, those 
those areas are still operational, right? The ones off of Scenic and the one down by Garcon Point. Am I wrong? Well, so I think here's what you're seeing on that map. What you're actually talking about are the locations of wild oyster beds, oh. not farmed oyster beds. Thank you. Perfect. Yep. Okay. So I don't. I think yeah. I think that map might not show where the what actual I, farms okay, are. I'm those just, farms you mentioned are are still there. Okay. Yeah. Um, the those darker patches on there are where there are wild oysters that are out there surviving on their own. Perfect. Okay. So the question then is, where are we doing farming? And I know it's hard to translate a map to people on the radio. But uh, the proposed or the now, as you say, finalized restrictions, can you maybe just describe a little bit about which water areas have historically been prohibited and now which how that's been expanded? Because the map is pretty dramatic on the expansion. Yeah, it's many thousands of acres uh, of reduction. So oysters have a sweet spot of habitat that they like, right? A little not too salty, not too fresh, kind of right in between. And so they typically have liked to be in um, <clears throat> that Escambia Bay area, let's say south of the I-10 bridge, um, down toward Gulf Breeze, and then up in the East Bay, and just coming up just to kind of touch the Blackwater Bay area. That's kind of been their, the core of their habitat, eastern side of Escambia Bay and up in the East Bay. And so um, the area is closer to the river. So as you go north up in Escambia Bay, closer to the Escambia River coming in, and in Blackwater Bay, going up toward where the Blackwater River comes in, basically imagine a line from those rivers just going south and coming down into the bays. Um, that's kind of the areas that have expanded and unfortunately um, shrunk the areas available for harvest for us. Now, the good thing is it is a protective measure, and you can be sure that the state is doing everything they can to protect public health. All right, we're going to return to the rest of this interview I did earlier with Christian Wagley of A Healthy Gulf. But before that, let's get Candy in here with Traffic on the Fives. Good news is we're not showing any of the slowdowns or delays. It does look like the Wallace Tunnel, though, is backed up in Mobile if you happen to be heading that way. If you have a traffic tip, 437-1620, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Back to our interview with Christian Wagley from earlier this morning. Yeah, and when you look at, like you said, you know, lots and lots area uh, because you know like you say we've got the where these areas where the rivers feed into the bay and that's where you get the not yet the gulf salt water but still you know no longer the freshwater entirely those are the parts and they've been dramatically reduced is this because of i mean is this septic to sewer is this rainfall running off of you know ground that has fertilizer on it is this that and many other things like what are the problems here christian yeah, I think most um, folks believe it's probably septic tanks are okay. generally the largest contributor in this type of situation. But yes, yeah, stormwater runoff from developed areas can also be a, a, a contributor. There's, they're really what we're talking about now. We had this big meeting yesterday. We need to do some additional research and field work where there's different sampling techniques that scientists can use as they go up into a waterway. Um, and they can sample for what, and determine whether, for example, the, 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 the bacteria that, that there are coming from human sources or from animal sources. And that's an important thing in determining both the disease risk to humans and also the source. So yeah. it's coming from like they can even detect like caffeine in the water and artificial sweeteners. And if they find that, they know it's coming from human sources. If they don't find that, it might be coming from raccoons, birds, something like that. That makes sense. So that's really a next step that needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm inferring from the now uh implemented restrictions that if we don't do something since we're on this trend towards losing space for oyster farming that the concern is that if we don't really get this under control we're going to lose more space which means of course it's contaminated water which is an inherently bad thing but that we could potentially even lose sort of all of the ability to do oyster farming in the bay is that is that a is that the concern over time 
That, that's certainly true. We are in a negative trend on, on this. Um, one oyster farmer, because of this closure, now is actually having to, at her expense, move her entire farm to a different area. Um, so she's been affected by this new closure. Um, so that's a, that's a big cost on her. Um, but there's even a bigger and, and worse issue going on here. So there's this issue, obviously, of these closures. Now, the important thing to understand is oysters can still live in these areas, even though if there's high bacteria, like the oysters are not um, they're not affected by that in terms of their ability to live there. Gotcha. It's just that they can harbor those back, those those pathogens that can affect us. The bigger issue, and this was reinforced in the meeting yesterday, is the, is the larger trends of oysters are all in a negative direction. Our local oyster um, population is absolutely decimated. It's been reduced by probably more than 90%, and all the recent wow. trends are still bad. When they go out and sample for them, when they go out and sample for them, it's, there are fewer oysters than there used to be. There's few less density of oysters than there used to be. They're smaller than they used to be. They're finding them in fewer places than they used to find them. Unfortunately, all the trends are terribly negative, and this is a reflection of water quality, poor water quality. Water, water, oysters are what we call a keystone species, so they're like an indicator um, of good and bad, and you know, it's almost like if a human being gets heart disease or diabetes or something as an adult, there's probably something going on with your lifestyle and your diet, and you know, that's an indication, right? And the fact that oysters are so sick now is a reflection of, of poor water quality in our bays, and that's, and that's coming from what we do on the land, largely. Yeah. That's the way we develop um, it could be some from agriculture as well, but it's from what we do on the land. So we have we have really two problems that run alongside each other. Problem number one is the contamination and the uh, diseases that are bad for humans who eat the oysters farmed in the bay. Uh, the second one is the water quality, which is harming the oysters uh, and killing them. And obviously that's an indicator of the overall health of the bay, which has greater consequences than just the oysters, which are themselves suffering. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, it, we, God, we haven't even gotten into the fish farm, which I really wanted to talk with you about. Maybe we'll have to bring you back for that. But, um, you know, solutions here, you're the expert, but I'm guessing it's kind of the thing we've been beating the drum about, which is the, you know, get the septic converted over to sewer, um, get, you know, better land management practices when we're developing to prevent runoff. Um, and I, I mean, you tell me, am I, what, what pieces of this puzzle am I missing? No, you pretty much named those things. Yeah, um, converting um, areas on septic to sewer. And I think you know, you're not going to be able to do all of that at once. So you have to try to prioritize. There may be areas that are more problematic um, than others, areas in very low-lying areas. Septic systems need at least two feet between the bottom of the drain field and the water table to work properly. And there's probably areas along the bays where, um, especially with sea level rise, the water is pushing up beneath those septic tanks, and they're not, they're not working anymore the way they should. So the treatment's not going on. So you need to try to prioritize where are the, the real hot spots and treat those first. Um, and as far as the, what's happening on the land, the, the, the real important thing to understand is probably the biggest thing that – and there's multiple things, but that's destroying these oyster reefs is, is what we call sediment, which is just loose soil, right? Yeah. It's dirt from the land. It's what's running off construction sites and dirt roads and farm fields and all of these things. And it, it literally smothers and buries the reefs. And when the scientists are out there looking, they're describing – just this almost like a cloud of sediment on the on the bottom, and the oysters are just being buried. And even when they put shell out there, new shell out there for the oysters to the, the, the baby oysters called that to, to attach to because they have to something hard, um, it's getting buried and smothered right away, which is just a, a, a it's just a terrible situation out there right now. So that's got to get stabilized. So I am assuming again, you tell me if I'm wrong. I am assuming that the massive amount of cutting and developing particularly in Santa Rosa County, and I'm thinking particularly down on the peninsula, but it's certainly also true in the north end um, as well, 
I am assuming a lot of this problem is connected with that, uh, particularly the loss of uh, water quality is connected with that. So my question to you is, is it a direct byproduct of the sheer volume of development, or is it a byproduct of development not done properly, both, neither? Yeah, I don't know if I can characterize which. It's, it's certainly both. Okay. You know, Santa Rosa County is one of the fastest growing in the state. Yeah. Um, and yes, there's a lot of examples of poor poor erosion control practices on sites. But even even then, once you've converted that land to development, there's a certain amount of water that runs off that site now that wasn't there before. You've lost the trees that are there to, to soak that up. Sure. Um, we need more and more forests. We need a smaller development footprint. And that's a real challenge in Santa Rosa County that's supposed to grow by – 56,000 people over the next 20 years. And whether the oysters can survive is going to depend on how we accommodate all that new growth. And we've got to do better. I hear more and more voices for that in Santa Rosa County, especially now. So that, that there is that awareness among the public that we've got to change the way we're doing things. But the, unfortunately, the oysters in our bays, and they're so important because they filter the water. You right. can put oysters, it's like 50 gallons, 50 gallons a day of water that's filtered. You can put them in an aquarium with a cloudy water, and within a few hours, it's clear again. So they really change. They actually improve water quality, and we're, we're missing them right now. We've got to get them back. And if we can get the oysters back, we can maybe get our bays back. Wow. They're so important. Well, that, it's 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 a very sobering assessment. It's very concerning to me. Um, I know you've been working on this for a long time and trying to get people to pay attention, and hopefully we can get more people to pay attention, and maybe we can figure out how to do better so that we don't just have awareness of the problem but can actually remedy it a little bit. Christian Wagley, uh, he is Coastal Director for um, Healthy Gulf. Christian, as always, thanks for the work you do. Uh, thanks for teaching me, and uh, thanks for helping us to have a better and a healthier uh, waterways in our community. I appreciate the work, sir. You're welcome. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, no. And look, I mean, we got ourselves into this mess. We can, you know, over time, maybe get ourselves out of it. Right. I mean, there are things that can be done that can make things better. Uh, 823 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. Join Dr. Witcher, the newest orthodontist in town, with Smart Smiles Orthodontics tomorrow at 930 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Dr. Witcher brings affordable braces, Invisalign, and free consultations to Pensacola. Call or text in your questions for Dr. Witcher, 850-437-1620. Find out how affordable braces are, Invisalign, and book an early free consultation for your child. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. <laughs> My dad has a cold, but also has high blood pressure. That's why I got him Vicks Dayquil High Blood Pressure for max strength daytime relief. Unlike some ordinary cold medicines, it's specially formulated for people like my dad. Dayquil High Blood Pressure is sugar-free, alcohol-free, and decongestant-free. Vicks Dayquil High Blood Pressure. The daytime, non-drowsy, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, cold and flu for people with high blood pressure. Like my dad. Medicine. Use it directed. Pensacola Little Theater proudly presents Mind Game, a dark comedy thriller, January 27th through February 4th. The story follows Mark Styler, a writer of glossy true crime paperbacks, as he tries to get an exclusive interview with Eastman, a notorious serial killer. He has no idea what he's walking into. Mind Game commands a tone of apprehension and nervous laughter, a dazzling thriller, and a jet black comedy that twists its way toward a shocking conclusion. Tickets are on sale now at the PLT box office or online at PensacolaLittleTheater.com. Tune in to News Radio Pensacola on the FM dial at 92.3 and 95.3. Listen on the AM dial at 1620. 
Good morning, 825 here on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Good to have you with us. Uh, Candy's got traffic on the fives before we get into the newsroom. Candy? Uh, Mobile Highway in Pine Forest showing an accident but no roadblock. And uh, Fairfield in Mobile Highway right near the uh, Home Depot and the Walgreens uh, showing an accident. But that's not a roadblock either, so you shouldn't have any problems getting where you're going. Looks like the Bayway is backed up uh, in, in Mobile. Not the Bayway. It led to Wallace Tunnel, I'm sorry, is backed up. The Bayway was. It looks like that accident has been moved off to the side. But still slow if you are on I-10 westbound and headed towards Mobile. Certainly if you see an accident or a slowdown, uh, 437-1620. Text those traffic tips. News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Now into the newsroom. David Wayne's got our headlines. David? President Biden expected to announce some new efforts to cut credit card late fees and drive down prices that Alphabet and Google uh, parent Google parent Alphabet are charging on their app stores. The president also expected to urge Congress to ban penalties and junk fees. A consumer watchdog group says those fees would include charges for family members to sit next to young children on airlines. PayPal planning to lay off 2,000 workers in the next few weeks. Those job cuts are... Uh, announced yesterday amount to about 7% of the company's workforce, the latest in the uh, ongoing round of tech industry job cuts. And nominations announced for this year's Class of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nominated artists including the White Stripes, Sheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, Iron Maiden, Willie Nelson, and Cyndi Lauper. Willie Nelson? I know. Odd choice, isn't it? <laughs> okay. For the Rock Hall? For the Rock Hall. For the All Rock right. Hall, yeah. I mean, even, let's be honest, Cindy Lauper's... Dude, Donna Summer got in before Rush. They don't even start no, me no, on the no, Rock no, no, Hall, no, no, dude. No. They should be abolished. I can't argue with the if, them, then, them kind of argument. I'm just saying that... The Queen of Disco if versus it, the If it's got Rush. a definition, okay. these would be outside the of that definition. Right, well, enough. you know what? It's Cleveland. And I, yeah, that's true. And Cleveland <laughs> rocks. Everybody knows that. Well, All right, David, thanks so much for the update. So in case you missed it over the weekend, Trump did some campaigning. Uh, he also managed to find himself on an airplane with a bunch of reporters that apparently do not have good microphones. <laughs> Lapel mic, man, you're on a plane. It's like these guys who do the interviews on the tarmac, you know, with Biden. You just stick a mic in his face, brother. What's the problem? Anyway, nobody can't, seems to be able to figure this out. It's not like, you know, we've had a few years to figure out the technology. Fine, whatever. But he was grumpy about Governor DeSantis, right? So Ron would have not been governor if it wasn't for me, and that's okay. Uh, and uh, he, number one, he wouldn't have gotten the nomination. And number two, he wouldn't have beaten uh, the de his Democrat opponent. So then when I hear he might run, you know, I consider that very disloyal, but it's not about loyalty. But to me it is. It's always about loyalty. But for a lot of people, it's not about so loyalty. So it's definitely not about loyalty, but it's totally about loyalty. I mean, I don't really care about loyalty, but everybody else cares about loyalty. Or maybe everybody else cares and I don't care. But it's definitely about loyalty, even though it's not about loyalty. It, I'm just, you know, try to diagram the sentence. Good luck. Anyway, but uh, what Trump said is right. I mean, he made, you know, he, DeSantis would probably not have beaten Adam Putnam without Trump's endorsement. And since the race was so close against Andrew Gillum at the time— it's conceivable that, uh, you know, without that, you know, the DeSantis might not have won. Putnam might not have won. I mean, everybody assumed Putnam was going to be the governor, and I think he would have been. And he would have been a good governor. And then he just ran into the, the wall of Trump endorsement DeSantis. But does that mean that DeSantis is being disloyal now for running? I mean, that's kind of a stretch. So he was asked about this yesterday, and he kind of gave uh, an we opinion. For many, many years. And if you look at the good thing about it, though, is like if you take a crisis situation like COVID, you know, the good thing about it is when you're an elected executive, you have to make all kinds of decisions. You got to steer that ship. And the good thing is, is that the people 
are able to render a judgment on that, whether they reelect you or not. And I'm happy to say, you know, in my case, not only did we win reelection, we won with the highest percentage of the vote that any Republican governor candidate has in the history of the state of Florida. <laughs> like you remember was it was it Mike Tyson's punch out where it'd be like body blow body blow yeah, body punch blow out. yeah knockout yeah you know <laughs> yeah. so body when blow. you serve in office then you get to have an election and then the people get to tell you what they think of your job and uppercut um, I I don't I exactly <laughs> yeah. I I don't know about you uh Mr. Trump but um I won re-election by a massive margin uppercut body blow knockout knockout <laughs> oops News. I'm Chris Foster. Vice President Harris is heading to Memphis, Tennessee for Tyree Nichols' funeral. He died after being beaten by police during a traffic stop. The family of Nichols and faith leaders spoke out ahead of his funeral. Bishop Talbert Swan II of the Church of God in Christ. Nationwide, police have killed roughly three people per day consistently since 2020. Five police officers face murder charges in connection with the death. Fox's Jill Nato. The funeral is being moved from this morning to 2 p.m. There's bad weather. Tom Brady with seven Super Bowl rings and the most career wins, passing yards and touchdowns in NFL history. I'm retiring for good. He put out a video this morning thanking his family, teammates, and fans. This last season with Tampa Bay was Brady's first with a losing record ever as a starting quarterback at any level. He played 23 seasons in the NFL, the first 20 with the New England Patriots. He announced his retirement last year, unretiring 40 days later. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 831 News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne, 63, mostly cloudy in Pensacola right now. And, well, no more need to deal with an annoying kiosk or download a pay to park app, although they will still be options if you want to park downtown. But a new option is going to be rolled out soon. It may not be the 50 cents an hour that doesn't that deters you from coming downtown. It's the experience. And, and we, you know, we know that uh, we've made great strides our parking department has in continuing to build that as a good experience but we think this is another step uh, pensacola mayor dc reeves there he says the city will soon be offering pay by text parking at the city's blue lot uh, blue parking lots that'll start on march 1st and between now and then they're updating signage and launching a uh, new marketing campaign to let people know about the changes Judge in Alabama denying bond for Marcus Spanavello yesterday, the man charged with kidnapping and abusing a corpse in relation to Cassie Carley's death last year. Spanavello was in court in St. Clair County, Alabama, for a hearing on that abuse of a corpse charge. It's the second time Spanavello's bond request has been denied. He's due back in court in March. He was indicted last week on federal kidnapping charges, and prosecutors say he could face a life sentence or even the death penalty if convicted on that charge. The investigation continuing after a fatal shooting at a home on Blue Angel Parkway yesterday happened at a house in the 1400 block of Blue Angel and deputies were called to the home where a person had been found dead with a gunshot wound. So far, no suspects have been named. Some Pensacola Beach residents say an increase in short-term rentals is causing issues in their community. A proposed ordinance change would place more restrictions on what homeowners can do with their rental properties. First thing we want to do is, is have the the homeowner register that it's a short-term rental. That way we have contact information to be able to contact them if something were to, to happen, if we're having issues. 
Commissioner Robert Bender talked with Channel 3 about it. The draft ordinance would require homeowners get a business tax receipt if they market the home as an event space. It also would include regulations to address parking and how many people are allowed to stay in one bedroom. There's no timeline on when that draft ordinance could be moved forward. In Alabama, Baldwin County Sheriff Haas Mack isn't too happy that over 400 inmates are soon going to be released early from prisons. When we were first notified, it was sent out as a public safety alert for the police departments and the sheriff's offices that had bus stations in their community to expect a congregating of individuals that were being released from prison. 412 inmates are being released thanks to a 2021 law that was passed to address overcrowding in jails in Alabama, and the inmates that are released will be required to wear ankle monitors and be supervised by the Board of Pardons and Paroles for the remainder of their sentences. According to WKRG, nine inmates will be released back in Baldwin County, another nine expected in Escambia County, Alabama. If you own a Kia or a Hyundai, you've probably seen some of those national news reports of increased thefts over the last few years. Uh, Those reports showing that some insurers are now not covering those vehicles. But local insurance agent Reed Rushing tells News Radio that that's only affecting customers in certain large cities. He says in Florida, you can still get coverage, but it may cost more if you own a vehicle with a high theft rate. All insurance rates, you know, have a ton of just different data based on them, and a car that is easier to steal will typically be more expensive for physical damage than a car that is not easier to steal. And Rushing explains that the Kia and Hyundai vehicles before 2021 didn't have engine immobilizers, and that's what made them easier to steal. It's 835 at News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at your traffic um, and this is uh, brought to you by Unbound.org. A girl in Kenya dreams of becoming a doctor. An elder in Guatemala dreams of being part of a community. You can reach out and change their world. It'll change your own. Unbound.org. Taking a look around, uh, it looks like 98 is running accident-free. Not showing any delays on I-10. Uh, I-110 reporting as clear as well. Certainly if you see an accident or a slowdown, traffic tips, text 437-1620. News Radio 92.3 Informative, local, dependable. Warm and humid day out there again today. Temperatures warming up near 71 degrees with a 10% chance of a stray shower. Otherwise, partly cloudy skies. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 62. Rain chance will increase as we go into Thursday. 50% chance of showers, especially in the second half of the day. High on Thursday near 76 degrees. Thursday night, rain chance increases with a low near 48. We'll continue to see the showers into early Friday morning before things clear out. High on Friday dropping to 60 degrees. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thanks, Brooke. 836, 63 and cloudy in Pensacola. 65 in Gulf Breeze, 63 in Milton. As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate. Managing staff, growing your business, training new hires and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. An IRS certified PEO, Avalon HR can help from running your payrolls, submitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. As she stared at me through the window, I realized the time we spent in the backyard on her trailer just wasn't fulfilling. We used to have so much fun on the water, I just couldn't crank her up. But Key Marine did. Fun days on the bay are back. And my Yamaha outboard runs better than ever. Key Marine gets the work done and lets you handle the fun. Key Marine, your Yamaha outboard dealer on Bower Road in Pensacola. Google Key Marine or find them on Facebook. 
Your money now. The Dow opening way down. It opened 200 points lower. Not uh, quite that low now. The Dow down 182 points at 33,974 right now. S&P down 12, uh, 12 and a half points at 4,077.50. And the NASDAQ down nine points, 12,143. The Federal Reserve expected to raise interest rates today by a quarter percent. It's uh, an increase, but the smallest increase since they started raising rates last March. Weather being blamed for a weak jobs report. Payroll processing firm ADP says 106,000 jobs were added in January, but economists were looking for 190,000. And mortgage application volume on the decline. The Mortgage Bankers Association says it dropped by 9% last week. That fall coming as the 30-year interest rate didn't change very much. It is 838 News Radio 923. Your next news at 9. Breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne. This is News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Pensacola's Morning News with Andrew McKay. Mornings 5 to 9. These kids who grow up in poverty often grow up in broken homes. They grow up in an environment where there's very little hope. If you lived in that environment, it's very easy to understand why people are largely a product of their environment. We need to get successful black men who have come out of that background in front of these kids when they're young enough for that example to make a difference. On News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> I admire your deductive processes. Ooh, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Oh, idiot. Food fight! Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. So yesterday... Yesterday, I think it was yesterday, it was uh, National Hot Chocolate Day. Oh, okay, great. And I decided to save this one for you, Candy, because I knew you'd appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So my question is this, 437-1620, 437-1620, what is the best or right way to drink hot chocolate? If you And also, feel free to, if you've got like a special tip, you know, like you think you've got a super secret best way that not everybody knows about. This isn't one of those things where, you know, only you can enjoy the fishing hole or the, uh, you know, because if too many people come, it ruins the fishing hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody can enjoy the hot chocolate secret that you found. So share and share alike. 437-1620. Candy, uh, the first most obvious question is marshmallows, yes or no, and what size? No. Thank you. I'm with you. They just distract. They, I think they distract. And they fight, your, I, I, they fight your lips for the hot cocoa, and correct. then you don't know whether you're going to get burned on the cocoa or not burned on the... the mm-hmm. I, I will say that the, the little ones I like only because they're like crunch berries. Sure. I don't like them when they're soft because then they're melted. I just, But I like them as like almost you can eat those on their own. They're kind right, of fun to crunch. That's true, yeah. Um, but uh, okay, charms. so, so uh, marshmallows, no. Mm-hmm. In general, any other preferences when it comes to hot chocolate well i've never tried those bombs i see them everywhere oh the, the like you the drop it in and bombs. it dissolves yeah. in there yeah is right because it, it, it doesn't make sense if it would go into water like that doesn't make sense to me but right. i'm not going to heat milk up on the stove um but no i use a packet of like swiss miss or mm-hmm. whatever the, mm-hmm. the the cocoa is and then i add the sugar. exotic swiss miss I, I like all of them. You add, and you add sugar. Oh, yeah. I add two tablespoons of regular table sugar. So you sweeten Not for my the sweet husband drink. who okay. has, he has right, to have non-sugar. He's right. a diabetic. Right. Um, but, yeah, I sweeten the sweetened drink, and then I pour a little bit of heavy cream in there because that's what we have for his coffee. And then I put whipped cream on top. But then I have to wait for it to all melt and mix it together. I'm not like a crazy person. It does. It's like the perfect <laughs> temperature that so way. You, so you'll burn so your you mouth. So you thicken it. 
with more cream and fat, basically, which yeah. is yummy fat. Uh, and then, because of course, cream, you could just drink cream. I mean, cream is oh, so absolutely. good all on its own, right? I watched that little girl make it on, um, oh, what was it, the Santa Claus with a Tim, oh, that Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was the Santa or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And this little elf was like, it's the perfect temperature. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to make mine the perfect temperature. And so ever since then, I, I will tell you, I, I don't have, <laughs> this is one of those rare times where I know this is going to be interesting, but I don't have strong opinions about hot chocolate. No. I can't remember the last time I had hot chocolate, honestly. I mean, I, it's, I'm not against it. I'm You're not against make it. You some tomorrow? It's just, it's not the thing I go to. Like, I'll typically make, you know, coffee or, you know, and if right. I want sweet, hot, I'll just put cream and sugar in my coffee, which I don't normally black coffee in the morning, sweet at night. So, uh, anyway, but, you know. It's fine. It's yummy. It's good. It's delicious. I don't have an, a, a problem. Somebody here says uh, 437-1620. 437-1620. Bailey's Irish Cream. I, I will say this. Every time, and I, I know this is going to get me in trouble with it, but a lot of people will recommend alcohol. Every time I have put alcohol in either hot chocolate or in um, like coffee, I've always been disappointed because what I've always thought is this. Hot chocolate and coffee are very, very good on their own. The liquor... Is very very good on its own, and then when you put them together, it's less of both, is my opinion. So that's not my preferred way to consume. But I never even thought about putting liquor you know, in it. Exactly. it ba- and this is—I stu- mean, I'm an idiot anyway. But Bailey's Irish Cream is a liquor. <laughs> I'm, a li- I'm stupid. It's that, a liqueur. It's a oh okay okay. It's a, a halfway idiot. Between. I bet that tastes delicious. I, it, it looks like it would. Somebody here Irish says, uh, let's see, li- little mini marshmallows. Somebody here says that the best way to eat uh, hot chocolate is with your mouth. <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> somebody says Bailey's, Bailey's, and then there's yet a third Bailey's, as if to make the point. Uh, somebody here says, um, oh, Andrew, you're so adorably feminine with your little marshmallows. All right, I'll take it. It's fine. I don't mind. Um, I don't need to have large ma- marshmallows to prove I'm a man. You are correct. Graham cracker crumbs as a topping. Oh, I bet that's good. Hmm, interesting. I'd be curious to try that. It sounds interesting. Somebody here says, uh, must have soft peppermint sticks melted in it. Okay, so... I'm not a peppermint guy, generally. I like mint, but not peppermint, if that distinction no, makes no, no, any no. sense. No, 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 I get it. They, they um, have all these little DIY things where you're yeah. putting together the cocoa thing, and they do. They have the peppermint spoons that look like that yeah, would weird right. me out. The, yeah. The, the, the kind of, yeah, they go in there. I've never yeah. tried it. Yeah, my, my boys are all into that, I know. Hot chocolate with Aww. Bailey's and whipped cream and pinnacle vodka. Recipe from a friend. Okay. All right. Again, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to talk you down off the liqueur. You know, I'm, I'm not against it. I'm just saying, for me, what I've always thought is, uh, you know, if I put Kahlua in there, what I've thought is I'd rather just have Kahlua or Kahlua and cream and then also a hot chocolate. I had to think you know, about it. But yeah, do you mi- my- I guess you would mix it all up first with a Bailey's. Sure, yeah. Or this. Okay. Uh, another <laughs> another recommendation. I guess I'm missing out. I, show. <laughs> I have to go home and try the Bailey's. I mean, you, you, I got like five texts already telling me Bailey's is the bomb, so I will go that Dude, way. Dude, we should get bombed for on the show. And then the frivolous yes. topics, I can swear. It would be so much funnier. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. Kidding. yeah, right? Last I show. Um, <laughs> I know. We need affordable housing. Whipped <laughs> whip cream is good. Oh, maple syrup. Now that, see, that's what I'm looking for is I'm looking for interesting suggestions, one that I haven't heard before. I'd be curious how maple syrup works in hot chocolate. I mean, you, you have I two can amazing see that. things. It's a sugar, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why, why wouldn't that be fantastic? There are people that I know that put um, uh, candy bars, like Twix. I've mixed a can- I've, I've mixed those little mini candies in there before, okay. and they melt, and that's great. And is it those- fantastic? Yeah, not not a Twix though. Well, I don't I mean, know. But it's I, got I crunchy it. in it. No, 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 sure, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it was fantastic. Yeah, like the little Hershey's miniatures. Okay, like, I put those in there before. Because I'm thinking like you know putting you know, like a, a Mounds bar or an Almond Joy in there, and then you get to the bottom, you're like. 
on some nutty That's coconut. That's a great idea. <laughs> but I bet it's yummy. Man. And if anybody out there has used a bomb, do you want put it in the water or the milk? A hot chocolate bomb. A hot chocolate bomb. Hot chocolate bomb. Hot chocolate bomb. <laughs> Just to be clear. Yeah, sorry. Hot chocolate so, bomb. Somebody says Kahlua. <laughs> I'm sure Kahlua is fantastic also. So uh, there you go. That I, I had actually looked this up online a little bit, and most of their answers were very similar, like, you know, sugar, uh, more chocolate, um, uh, the little bis, any kind of little biscotti type, you know, candies, uh, dolce de leche, uh, white chocolate is another one that goes in there. Um, so here, and, and you get like chilies, you know, spices is one that's kind of like the Mexican coffee ver- or Mexican hot chocolate, and then orange zest. And I got to tell oh. you, I was revolted at first, but now I'm curious. I'm curious if orange a little bit of orange zest okay might not do something. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah, that's pretty interesting. All right, that's your frivolous topic for the day. Uh, oh, you know, warm milk on the hot cocoa in, bombs. In, okay. 62-degree temperatures. This is not earlier in the week. This is for now. Oh, fireball uh, cinnamon. Oh, the real or the uh, fake, uh, you know, the malt I'm, I'm beverage sure it's version. The real, real version. One, I guess. Say. I do not know. <laughs> All right, Candy's got traffic on the fire. Sure. Uh, and taking a look around, uh, whether you're into cocoa or not, we're not showing any slowdowns or delays at this time. Avalon clear for taking a look at Milton Garson Point Bridge. Three Mile Bridge, not showing any delays either. And 29th, accident free from the Atmar cutoff in Milano through Cantonment through the split at Face Palafox. Traffic tips, thanks 437 1620. It's News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. You know, if you're getting ready to do a uh, home repair project, a remodel, or if you're a construction professional or anywhere in between, Pensacola Hardware. Like, it's not just a great place to buy the stuff you need. I mean, that's obviously true. You know, if, if you need it, they've got it. They know the best one. But that's the reason you go there is because they have been around so long that they know the answer. Like, you ask them, you want to get experts who give you their opinions and will tell you what to do. They have it. So you can go there and say, I'm thinking about solving this problem. Is this the right way to do it? What do I need to really do this job right? What do I want to avoid? They'll know. They'll know. And that's true whether, again, you're working on just a little project or whether you're building houses for a living. They know the industry. They can work with you. So the reason you go to Pensacola Hardware is, you know, not only do they have good stuff, all that, but because they know everything, (laughs) like everything about construction, and they can help you with it, whatever your level of knowledge is. 20 East Gregory Street, right downtown Pensacola Hardware and Business, since before the Civil War, helping people build, rebuild, and remodel Pensacola. Do you have a high school reunion or a big event coming up? ProHealth is here to help. Their new medical weight loss program can offer an array of prescription medications, including the shot, as well as unlimited nutritionist consultations, pharmaceutical-grade supplements, and detailed lab work. With locations in Pensacola and Gulf Breeze, ProHealth is ready to help you look and feel great about your gatherings. ProHealth was the Gulf Breeze and Pensacola Business of the Year for 2021. Visit ProHealth at ProHealthFL.com. Hi, I'm Terrence A. Gross. As many of you know, I am a local board-certified personal injury lawyer, and I have practiced in this community for almost 40 years. Our law firm handles only people that have been injured due to the negligence of another. Join me this Wednesday at 1030 on Pep Talk as we discuss all aspects of personal injury law. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. As a small business owner, what keeps you up at night? Just knowing if your email got hacked or your phone system went down, it could cost you thousands in revenue as well as your reputation. That's where Data Revolution comes in with their unique position to take care of you and your business IT support, phone systems, cybersecurity, and more. Secure it and sleep better at night by going to datarevs.com. Winner of the 2021 Best of the Bay for IT support, datarevs.com. 
dependable traffic on the fives with local news at the top and bottom of each hour on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. This is blasphemy. This is madness. This is Sparta. And and certainly there's no good way to fire your employees, but there's definitely some pretty bad ways, as one CEO just found out. The CEO of a tech company based in San Francisco has posted an apology after she quoted Martin Luther King Jr. in a layoff letter sent to employees last week. PagerDuty CEO Jennifer Tejada sent the letter to employees announcing layoffs on Thursday. Toward the end of the letter, Tejada closed with the words of Martin Luther King Jr. saying, in part, I am reminded in moments like this of something Martin Luther King said, that the ultimate measure of a leader is not where they stand in the moments of comfort and convenience, but where they stand in time of challenge and controversy. Come, stop it. <laughs> Come on. Your, your, uh, your letter firing your employees includes a reference to how brave you're being in the moment of difficulty <laughs> from Martin. <laughs> I mean, it's utterly tone deaf. Maybe those of you who got fired this way, I'm sure not anybody in our audience, but maybe if you were, um, you maybe feel like um, this was a blessing in disguise. Anybody that's yeah. that uh, unaware of the circumstances, but uh, Deal Hughley filling in uh, or you know doing this week on the Daily Show. Who gets fired with Martin Luther King quotes? Like, <laughs> I've been to the mountaintop and they ain't hiring either. <laughs> I have a dream and you can too, because there ain't no reason for you to get up early anymore. So. Uh... Free at last, free at last. Here's your severance package. You are free at last. <laughs> I haven't heard any of, of his fill-in yet. Well, so. no, it's it's. <laughs> I, I said this uh, yesterday. I said that the, the problem with Dale Hughley is, for a lot of it, he's just kind of angry and unhappy, you know. Yeah, but yeah. then when he, I mean, he does. He's really, really, really funny in the moments when mm-hmm. he's trying to be really, really funny. Eight fifty-one on News Radio ninety-two-three. What else? Oh, Boeing delivered their last ever seven forty-seven. Isn't that crazy? That's bizarre. Like it's, it's weird it, to think it, about. Genuinely, and my whole life, and much longer than that, they've been building seven four. I think that's right. I got to do the math a little bit, but uh, yeah, seven forty sevens. They've been building, you know, all of these years, and um, it's kind of interesting because uh, that was originally first flight was in. Um, let's see, uh, yeah, fifty five years as they've been building these. First flight was in nineteen sixty nine. And, um, you know, originally they had designed it um, to, to, you know, meet a, the contract award. But then uh, there was a problem because, um, you know, they, they were too expensive or something or that, you know, they, the four engine became a problem eventually. But uh, they came back later because they loved the engine that they had built and uh, they produced 1,574 of them, which is uh, kind of amazing. Uh, 50,000 Boeing workers in a year and four months, 16 months, put out the first 747, uh, which is a huge effort. Um, they call them the Incredibles. That's just all fascinating. Uh, the jumbo jet production required the construction of a huge factory in Everett, north of Seattle, the largest building by volume, and it, uh, the factory wasn't even completed when the first planes were finished. And uh, like I said, uh, first entered service in 1970. Uh, Pan Am 
had the first one, from New York to London. And uh, the problem was that, you know, think about the time frame, 1970, oil crisis shortly oh, right. thereafter. Sure, sure, sure. And so you saw a recession, and it's hard to think about it these days with Boeing doing so well, but uh, employment went from 100,000 employees in 1967 to 38,000 in 1971. Two-thirds of all their employees went away in the course of the next four years because of the, you know, the oil problems. Uh, the Boeing bust, you know, and there was a sign outside of Seattle that said, uh, will the last person leaving Seattle turn out the lights? Because you can imagine, I mean, a company like that, oh, and then sure. two-thirds of the people are gone. So then in the late 80s, uh, they came back uh, with the boom that happened out of Asia. And, um, you know, that's what wound up basically helping them come back in the uh, the late 80s, early 90s or whatever. And uh, so we haven't been using them much, uh, like for passengers, I guess. The U.S. airline last to use the 747 was in 2017. It was Delta. Some internationals like Lufthansa continued to use them. But, that is, you know, I mean, that's a major milestone in American technological history to have the very last one. The 1,574th one, which, of course, I mean, you know, the 747 has been like, you know, Air Force One. It's uh, uh, transported the space shuttle. I mean, it's, you know, got a lot of things in the history of that plane. And, um, you know, one relatively average Harrison Ford movie. 854 <laughs> on News Radio 92.3. What else do we have going on? Um, oh, I mentioned this before. I'll just mention it briefly again that Illinois, which passed this very restrictive assault weapons so-called ban, uh, among other things, that uh, they appealed to the decision to put that on stay, and it is still back on stay. The judge said, yeah. <laughs> and the interesting thing was that 850 people and a bunch of uh, gun shops sued to put it on stay, and now this stay has been extended to everybody in the state, not just the litigants. The original was they were, and here's what's fascinating about it, not specifically on the basis of um, it being a restriction on guns, but one of the arguments here is that it is a violation of the Equal Protection Clause because it has special carve-outs protecting the ability of people who are law enforcement or have training or have military background uh, retired law enforcement, for example, are excluded from the ban. And so the argument by the non-law enforcement, non-retired military folks is, you're treating us unequally in the law, therefore this law is unconstitutional on those grounds. So it'll be interesting to see, because you know that kind of a carve-out for these rules is very common. Several of our gun laws in Florida have carve-outs like that. So if that slice of this law winds up getting heard at the Supreme Court, we might find out that some portions of Florida law become unconstitutional because of equal protection concerns. 855 on News Radio 923. Candy's got traffic on the fives. Uh, highway 29 accident free, not showing any problems on Burgess or Olive and Gulf Bay Highway, not showing any delays either. That is to say 98 clear. If you have traffic tips, text 437-1620. Uh, News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Candy. Yesterday we got confirmation. There's been some more reporting that's been done now on the officers involved in the Tyree Nichols case. And if you if you happen to hear the interview I did yesterday with Andrew Hobbs from the from the sheriff's office, Scambia Sheriff's Office, he he had said some things that um, I really appreciated because he pointed out, for example, that a lot of the law enforcement agencies in general that have problems with their communities are law enforcement agencies that um, they lower hiring standards because they can't get people. Um, they don't have good training. They don't have good uh, uh, accountability for failure to follow training. And all of that typically goes hand in hand with when you see these kinds of incidents. He wasn't saying specifically about Memphis. He was saying in general. Well, it turns out, <laughs> turns out that in this case, two of the five officers were hired after they reduced the job requirements. 
You know, prior to uh, 2018, recruits had to have a full-time job for five years and had to complete their associate's degree within four years, and um, they changed some of those restrictions, okay? Uh, and, uh, or they also had to, or 54 college credits was another one, and they dropped some of that and reduced some of that. You also apparently, I don't know the details on this, but apparently some of these officers were hired directly by the city instead of through the police department. So that's a, an extra issue that you have here. And as, you know, the two law enforcement experts that I've had on to talk about this have both said the same thing, is if you watch that video, you're not seeing law enforcement activity done improperly. You're just seeing a beating. And that's true when you watch it. It doesn't look like law enforcement. It just looks like people beating the tar out of somebody and so this really would be, uh, you know, not likely the byproduct of poor training, poor culture, poor decision making, less accountability and lowered standards in terms of hiring. Um, you know, so it's not like you have what I had originally thought is maybe this is what happens when, you know, otherwise OK officers just go the wrong way. No, everything about this looks wrong in the And there were complaints against the unit that they were in. I mean, all kinds of backstory here. Um, but it, it looks like, it, you know, set up for failure is basically that this kind of thing was likely to happen somehow or other. It just happened to happen in this particular case. It reminds me of Clockwork Orange a little bit. How's you know that? what I mean? Well, just to the, the, the beating part where they, oh, you yeah. know, not the, no, no. but just, yeah, yeah, awful. That's awful. 8.58 on News Radio 92.3. Future News. Time for Future News. And we tell you what's going to happen before it happens. Is Tom Brady actually retired? <laughs> Yes, I don't think he's going to try to go back to the Patriots. I don't think there's any uh, Lucy in the football (laughs) going on here. Um, uh, Will we manage to save the bays for the oysters? Oh, man, I hope so. Improving quality of the water and also improving the safety of not having bacteria. Will we be able to turn this around? Yes, I hope so. I I didn't know it was so so bad. I know, same here. I should have known. I didn't. Uh, Plaza Ferdinand, will it be a market? Will it be okay? Yes, and it'll be any problems? No, no problems. Save the grass? Yeah. I hope so. Let's say yes to all of these things. Yes to the grass. Will they impeach uh, Alejandro Mayorka? I don't know who that is, That's so the, yes. That's the DHS secretary, uh, border problems. I think they will impeach sure. him. Will he be removed? No. 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 Not even any little chance whatsoever. All right, that is it for me. Jenna is up next. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. You're listening to News Radio 92.3.